welcome to Bethel. Are you guys awake? Yes. Yes. Okay, you can be seated. I think that we lost a few this morning to the time change, right? People are like, what time is it? I don't know. Was it really six or is it really seven? You get so, did my, did my clock really change on my phone? Can I trust it? Or, you know, so it's early. We're here. We're alive. You guys, happy pie day. Do you guys know what that means? Pie. Three, one, four. My math teacher right here. So if I mess up, he's right over my shoulder. No pressure. So pi is your, cir- is your circumference divided by the diameter of a circle is always 3.14, and it goes on and on. And I'm like, how cool is that? There's very few things in this life that are just always sure, right? You have God, taxes, death, and pi. Right? Pie is always 3.14. So I'm like, we've got to celebrate this morning. Who likes pie? Who likes like to eat the pie? Not just the number pie. I have three pies to give away. Ray, can you bring my little pies? So we have a pumpkin pie, a pecan pie. Oh, not, no pumpkin. No, peach, pecan, peach, and apple. Okay, so who wants a little pie? And I just, just come up here. And then however many people are here, we're going to rock, paper, scissors it out till you get your pie. Come up here. Come on. We're in a hurry. We're in a hurry. Run, run. Yes, we're running. With, we're running. Lisa is With actually running for a pie. Anybody in the band want a pie? We need some people. <laughs> Who wants a pie? Okay. We're you brought a baby so that we can. Oh, here comes Rick. Here, oh, yeah. Here we come. Like, how are we supposed to? Okay, okay, Ray. How, I don't know how we're going to do this. Okay, get in groups of two. Groups of two. We, we need, need one more up. person. One more person to fight with Jeremiah. We need one more. There we okay, go. There Ruben, we go. Pastor Ruben. Ruben. Okay. All right. And we're just going to rock, paper, scissors. Face each other. Face each other. Face each other. Face each other. We're going to rock, paper, scissors. And we're going to win some pies. Ray, I don't know how to do it. Go for it. Just what do you mean, don't know how to do it? Know, like rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, go. Do you go on shoot. go or do you shoot. go You shoot. go on shoot. Shoot. Go, All right. go, go. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Hey, sit down if you lost. If you lost, sit down. If you lost, sit down. <laughs> if you're home in bed, look what you're missing here, those joining us online. Oh, no, wait, wait. We, have, we still have too many people. That's right. He gets oh, okay. a pass this time. Okay, you, you pass, guys. Sorry. You guys ready? No cheating. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Who won? You meant to win. Okay, sit down, you, Ruben. Ruben's sit the dominant. These three are winners. Let them right. pick their pot. Okay. <clears throat> so happy Which pie you guys like? Three, one, four. You guys both won. So as they're dealing with their stuff, All right. go home with a pie. Go get some pie today. We're so glad to have you guys. If you're joining us for the first time, either online or in person, we're so glad that you're here, and we would love to connect with you. And the easiest way to do that is going to mybethel.cc connect, and there's a connection card there or a place for your name and your information, and we'd love to reach out to you this week. So we are continuing in our series called Alignment, and today we're going to talk about have a conversation about what it's like to just be all in as we look in the book of Philippians once again. So let's get started.
good morning, Bethel. How we doing? Good to see you guys. Um, this morning, the alarm went off, and I was tempted to just stay. Anybody else? Some of you online just stayed. <laughs> you just stayed. Yeah, the, the, once, you, once you're used to doing your routine, you get up, and then it's frustrating, you know? That's an extra hour we lose, but then in the fall, we get to gain that hour back, okay? So all you got to do this afternoon, go take a nap. You take a nap, you'll be all right, all right? Anybody for the nap this afternoon? Yes, okay, good. All right, that's my people right there. Um, so who did you hang out with this week? We were in this process where we're trying to get everybody connected, hanging out with one another. Um, I, I don't know if you were able to connect with someone this week and hear their Jesus story, um, encourage them, kind of ask them some questions. Uh, let's hope that's true. I was able to have a couple meetings this week, a couple different hangouts, and it was, a, it was really good to get to know a couple people, um, see what God's doing in their life, see how they met Jesus. And so what we're trying to do is, is before you leave today, just connect with somebody you don't know, um, maybe you know them, maybe you haven't hung out with them in a while, and just invite them out for coffee, invite them out for lunch or whatever, and just hang out for a bit and tell them your Jesus story. There's four things that we're trying to do, is we're trying to know Jesus, and so this is, how did you meet Jesus? And if you don't know Jesus, maybe what questions do you have about Jesus? And so, know Jesus, and then we want to know what matters, so this is getting us on the same page. This is us um, kind of seeing what's important and what's not important, and let's get on the same page together, so know what matters, and then know and love each other. Um, uh, one of the conversations I had this week was, was pretty difficult as far as just some history, some past, some things that the, the person has gone through, and it's interesting because the more they told their story, the more that I was interested in them as a, as a person, the more I loved them, and so know and love others, and then the last thing is know your role. Where has God placed you in the body? Where does God want you in the body here at the church? And so those four things, your Jesus story, also knowing what really matters, um, know um, and love someone, and then know your role. Telling your story actually makes a difference. Know, uh, telling your story is, imp is imp empowering. It's, a, it's a, uh, incredible if we can get together and love and know one another. Um, one of the questions that I was thinking about this week as we jump into Philippians chapter 2 um, you can go to the Bible app, you can follow along there, you can open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, and we're going to be in the last part of the book. And one of the questions I was asking myself is like, wh who has impacted my life? Like, who, who has made a difference in my life? And so I was thinking back, uh, Christy brought me a piece of paper. That's perfectly fine. Any paper to, will do. Um, there's, a, there's a man that made a difference in my life, and there's a couple reasons. His name was Mr. Vanderhee. And Mr. Vander, he had the coolest slicked back gray hair I've ever seen in my life, like super cool. He had slicked back. And so when I was a kid, I said, hey, mom, I want to slick my hair back like Mr. Vander, he, no, why not? You can't do that. But just slicked back like, you know, like, uh, like Elvis or like the Fonz, you know, on Happy Days. Anybody remember that? Okay. So when I, as soon as I could make my own decisions, and I had my own life, I slicked my hair back forever. I mean, for years, I slicked my hair back, and it was awesome. Mr. Vanderhee showed me the coolness of slick back hair, but he also taught me how to make paper airplanes. And I remember to this day, the, my, my favorite way to fold a paper airplane is the way that he taught me. And actually, every time I see paper airplanes, Mr. Vanderhee pops in my head. This man taught me how to make paper airplanes, but then also, it was the very first funeral I remember was when he passed away, and, and seeing him there in the casket and thinking about where he was and how the hope of Jesus 
was, was given to me as a young age with Mr. Vanderhee. And so this is the kind of uh, jet plane that he taught me. Let's hope it flies. I'm going to throw it out there, so cover your eyes. I don't want you to get hit in the eye, stabbed. But, nope, didn't work that way. But anyway, Mr. Vanderhee, you did better than that. I mean, come on, that's terrible. Under pressure, right? But Mr. Vanderhee taught me how to make paper airplanes, and he had the coolest hair. So he impacted my life at a young age, and to this day, I cannot see paper folded without thinking about Mr. Vanderhee. So if you think about your life, who is it that has impacted your life, and what stories or what things did they teach you? Because this is really today asking uh, ourselves the question, who has influenced me, and am I all in? Because we've been working through this, this book of Philippians, and Philippians is all about alignment. It's kind of divine alignment where we can be adjusted back into where the scripture wants us to be. And there's two people that, that Paul talks about who actually lived out the things that Philippians has been teaching us. And so this letter is a letter of encouragement. This letter is a letter of alignment. And Paul gives us two live examples of two men that actually had aligned their lives with the mission of Jesus. And we're going to look at both of these men here in the next few verses. But the first one is Timothy. Well, we've already talked about Timothy um, in the very beginning of this series. But Timothy is a, a man that was serving uh, Paul He's an example of consistent and loving care. He was an apprentice to Paul. Um, he had a mixed ethnic background, so he was Greek and he was Jewish, and so he had this, this mixture of cultures, mixture of ethnicities, and we can find his story in Acts chapter 16, but his mother was Jewish, his father was Greek, and Paul um, took him and began to teach him the ministry and teach him how to lead others well and lead in the ministry. And so Paul used him as a, he entrusted many of his important assignments to Timothy while he was in prison. And so Paul wrote two letters. There were two pastoral letters to Timothy. And you can read First and Second Timothy, and those are pastoral letters to Timothy. Also, he became a troubleshooter, an ambassador. And if there's any problems in the church while Paul was in prison, he would send Timothy to deal with those problems. And then he eventually became the pastor at the church in Ephesus. And so Timothy was a, an apprentice that eventually became pastor and bishop, kind of an overseer of the ministry there at Ephesus. And then the next guy that we're going to look at is Epaphroditus. And Epaphroditus, his example is actually passion all the way to death. Like he was so passionate about following Jesus, serving Jesus, serving the, the ministers there, is that it, it almost took him to the brink of death. And so he was sent by the church at Philippi. This letter, Philippians, is the church at Philippi, is a letter to them. And this church actually sent Epaphroditus to prison to minister to Paul. And so he delivered this letter that Paul wrote back to the church at Philippi. And so this was the messenger uh, Epaphroditus was. And his name actually is a reference to another god. And so this, um, this Epaphroditus means belonging to Aphrodite, which is a goddess. And so he was born with a name given to another god. And so Epaphroditus grew up in a pagan culture, and his whole existence was, to, was basically a gift to the other goddess. So it's amazing when you look at the power of the gospel. The gospel does not care about your past. The gospel doesn't care where you've been or what you've experienced or what your life history is. The gospel redeems and makes new. And so even though his name meant belonging to Aphrodite, he actually is a servant of Christ, and the new birth conquered even his birth name. So we see in both these people, Timothy and Epaphroditus, two people that whether 
they grew up in a relationship with Christ or separate from him, Jesus had a purpose for their lives. And so in your life, it doesn't matter what your history is, whether you grew up in church in Sunday school or you didn't grow up in church and you're new to the, to the ways of Jesus, he can use you at whatever stage of life you come into for his, mission, for his mission and his alignment. He can work in and through us to fulfill his purpose through our lives. And so we're going to read this section of Scripture I'm going to have a little commentary along the way, and I want to kind of give you some vision for our church because um, when we read through Scripture um, on Sundays, sometimes we miss out the bigger picture that, that God has for Bethel Community Church. So I want to talk a little bit about Bethel and about what God is doing through our church. And so we're going to jump into verse 19. I want to pray over us first, and then we're going to jump in Philippians chapter 2, verse 19. All right, let's pray. God, this morning, as we open up your word, we are reminded that you are the God of second chances. We're reminded that you're the God that changes us, that gives us purpose, that gives us meaning. God, today as we are looking at these two men that aligned with you in their lives, I pray that, I pray that God, we would focus and we would ask ourselves the question, are we all in? Ask ourselves the question, who's impacted us and who can I impact? Who, who am I passing this on to? And so God, may your scripture, may these verses that we read be real. May the power of Jesus work in our hearts and the Spirit draw us closer to you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Verse 19. This is Paul writing. He says, if, Lord if the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. Verse 21. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself like a son with his father. He has served with me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come see you soon. So Paul is reflecting on this spiritual relationship and this, this interaction that he's had with Timothy and how Timothy has impacted his life. Uh, Paul recruited Timothy at a young age, and he had been following Paul along to work in the ministry. He had served him in love. He had served him with passion. He had served him consistently. And then, even when he was suffering in prison, Timothy didn't abandon him. Timothy was with him. And so if you notice how Paul said that you can only care for others or care for themselves. When, when you look at your own life, it's easy to look around at other people around us and judge people based on their actions, and you judge people and what they are or not doing. And Paul is clearly saying that Timothy actually cared about himself, therefore he can care for others. And so you can't control anyone. You have to start with you. You can't control anyone. You have to start with you. You've got to look in the mirror and say, where am I at? You've got to ask yourself questions because we can't control anyone. We've tried. We've tried to control other people, and we can't do it. We've tried to control our spouses. Christy and I are on our 24th year of marriage, and for 24 years, we've been back and forth in control. And when they, in the end, it's like we talked this week. I can't control you. You can't control me. We're deciding, like the nuclear option, pointing nuclear weapons at each other, that we're going to have peace. That's what we've decided, okay? So you can't control anyone. You can only control yourself. So we live in a culture where we all want to point out other people's faults, all our flaws and mistakes, instead of looking in the mirror and seeing for ourselves our own flaws and mistakes. We have to get to the point where we realize that our main job is confronting ourselves. That's what Scripture does. Scripture confronts me. 
and therefore I can work on my own life. I am the only one that I can control, and I need to start with me. Now, if you notice this word proved in verse, um, in verse 22, it says that he has proved that what he is saying is true. And so, if you remember uh, last week, we talked about showing the results of our salvation, the proof of our salvation, working it out. This is Timothy showing us the example that he had been tested, he had been tried, he lived what he claimed to be about, he practiced what he preaches, in other words, and Paul was giving this personal example of someone who had worked hard to show the results of their own salvation. And so Timothy was on mission. Timothy was on mission to actually live out what he claimed to believe. And so the church at Philippi had clearly seen Timothy working out his own salvation. Verse 25. We're going to move on to Epaphroditus. It says, Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, and he was your messenger to help me in my need. I am sending him because he has been longing to see you, and he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me so that I would not have one sorrow after another. Epaphroditus not only took the financial gifts from the church back to, or to Paul, but he also began serving in the mission and actually serving in the mission to the point of almost dying. And so he was serving to the point where he didn't look after himself. It was great personal cost. He became sick. And these three descriptions that Paul uses are, are pretty interesting, brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier. If you think about it, these are the relationship we have with others, even in our church family. The, the brother indicates a common ground, a common ground in Jesus Christ. We've talked about this before. Our church is full of a variety of people, eclectic group of people. We have people from all spectrums of life, all political leanings, and all backgrounds. And we're in the same room, and we can consider ourselves brothers and sisters because Jesus is the only thing that unifies us. And so there's nothing else that can draw us together. And so he's saying that this Epaphroditus, that he had, him, he had common ground with him. He's a true brother in Christ. Well, then he uses this word co-worker. So not only was he a brother, but he actually was next to him in work, in the ministry. In other words, he was all in. And, and you saw Epaphroditus' life that he was all in to the point that it cost him dearly, even his own health. He was all in. Then this next one is the fellow soldier. It's one thing to know someone and be a brother. It's another thing to work next to someone in ministry. But then this last one is a fellow soldier. This is actually someone who takes up arms and has someone's back. One of the greatest things in the, in the military is when you work alongside your, your, your peers is to have each other's back. And we've talked about this in our church and in the ministry in general, is that if I don't, if I don't watch my friend's back, I'm going to eventually get stabbed in my own back. I need people around me to cover my back. And so Paul is saying that Epaphroditus was this guy that actually took up arms and fought the good fight with Paul and had his back. And it cost him. So can all three of these be said of your life? I mean, not to make you feel judgment or shame, but when you reflect on your experience with Jesus, are you under Jesus? Are you all in? Are you fighting the good fight along other people? Do you have other people's backs? So no matter what Epaphroditus experienced growing up in a pagan religion, when he came to Christ, everything changed. His life was radically different. He became someone fully committed and fully devoted to the cause of Jesus. It seems that he was not weighed down by his past or shamed by it. And there's so many of us that carry shame and the burden of our past that we're no good right now for Jesus presently or in the future. 
So he let go of his past to pursue what God had for him. He carried out the mission, taking the offering from the church of Philippi to Paul, and then to serve him with his hands and his feet, and it, and it cost him everything. Epaphroditus was a partner with the church to care for the apostle. Uh, well, let's read the next verse, 28. It says, So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him, and then I will not be so worried about you. So if, if you can imagine this, this was a missionary trip from Epaphroditus to Paul in prison. And the church had sent this man that he loved so much, and they were very, very concerned about him, heard that he was sick, heard that he almost died, and they were stressed out. Uh, Christy and I know firsthand what it's like to have a family behind us as missionaries. We went to Central America. We were missionaries there for uh, many years, and we started a ministry there. And Bethel was behind us every, every step of the way when we went through struggles of health. Bethel was with us and praying and, and, and worried about us. And then when we went through our adoption process with our daughter and with our son, Bethel experienced the whole thing with us along the journey and kind of felt that, that tug in their heart. And so you guys understand what it's like to experience someone out of your church sent on a mission. And they were really excited. And actually, Christy and I have been back five years now, I can't believe it, back home at Bethel. And it's amazing what God does to draw people back together. And we're so happy to be back with you. It says, verse 29, welcome him in the Lord's love and with great joy and give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ. And he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do far away. So the, the point that Paul is trying to say here at the end of this, this, this section is we need to give honor where honor is due. Uh, we need to look at people that have given their lives for the ministry and actually give them the honor just as servants of Jesus that they are. And there's many people in our church, and I'm so proud and thankful for so many of you that give of your time and give of your talent, give of your treasure to serve Jesus. And I wanted to highlight um, one of the people that, that serve here, uh, someone that many of you know and some of you may not know, uh, but he's not here today, so I'm going to put him on the spot, and oh well, he'll have to watch later online. But Carter Bradford, if you guys know him, he has been a, a young man growing up in this church, and God has been calling him and been using him, and he works with our students right now, and it's been amazing to see what God has done in his life he has a full-time job. He has a career. He's married. Uh, he, he has a new wife. They've been married a year. Uh, this in a couple uh, next month, and to see God use him to impact the life of our students has been amazing. And so we need to give honor where honors due. And when you see Carter, give him a pat on his back and tell him that you're grateful for him because he's pouring into the next generation of, of believers here at Bethel Community Church. I also think about Janelle. She's upstairs, I believe. I don't think she's here in the auditorium, but Janelle is working with our Bethel kids and, and she's given of her time and of her treasure and her talent to serve our kids. I look at Pastor Reuben back there holding a baby and Pastor Reuben has given up um, his life in order to serve God. And so the, the point is, if anybody that gives their life to serve God, here, here's what I always say. If you're stupid enough to follow Jesus, I'm for you. And you're like, what? Yeah, because it's crazy. It really is. It really is crazy. Because he asks you to give up everything. And there's so many of you that are on this journey of giving up more of your life to serve Christ. And we should give honor where honor is due. He says, while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. This is a, a discussion about generosity. A discussion about generosity. And we have an opportunity, we have a calling, we have a blessing to join God in the mission that he has set forth on this earth. And he invites us into the process of redemption. Many of us want to do something grand and want to do something big and, and life-altering for the Lord 
And really what he's asking us to do is the little, thing, little times that he prompts us to do something to actually obey in the little things. And the little things add up to many big things. And, and he's asking us to be generous out of the increase that God has given us. It's, it's the consistent weekly act of generosity that moves the mission forward. My prayer is that God would, in our mix, take our, take our kids or our students or, or one of you couples and would actually send you on mission from Bethel Community Church around the world, either locally in the state or out of state or out of the country. That's one of my prayers is that through our giving financially, God would actually use Bethel to impact the world. But that will never happen unless us together come together in generosity and little by little give how God increases. Because giving financially is godly. Giving to the church is good. Getting involved is good. And God's looking at your heart, and he's looking for hearts that he can work through to advance the mission of Jesus. The church at Philippi put their money where their mouth was. They served and they gave. And Bethel Community Church doesn't exist because we have a rich donor or a rich uncle that just donated a bunch of money to Bethel. It's actually every single person that gives every week, every month, every year advances the mission of Bethel. And so this church lives on a budget, just like you do at your home. And we're not promised tomorrow. And we take steps of faith, just like God's asked us to. And so we're not sitting on a gold mine or anything like that. It's just your generosity that moves this place forward and how we can reach around the world. This week, when, when you give weekly or monthly or annually, you actually allow Bethel to focus on the ministries as well, uh, locally as well as around the world. I want you to understand my heart. We rarely speak about finances here. Actually, a couple years ago, we made the decision not to pass an offering plate anymore because we trusted God with um, the finances here at Bethel. And so you know we don't have an offering time. Um, there's boxes around the building, and as God prompts you and as you're generous, it's been amazing how God has worked through you to advance the mission of Bethel. And we 100% are trusting the uh, prompting of God in your life. But every once in a while, I think it would be prudent for me as your pastor to talk about finances because I think a lot of us get distracted, get off off our, our giving, off our generosity, and I want to encourage you to get involved. I've, I've always said since I've been at Bethel that it's not one person giving a lot, it's every single person giving a little. And it's so much better when all of us are together as a family and working together as co-laborers. It's, a, it's an amazing thing that God can accomplish, and I'm so grateful for you as Bethel Community Church. We've gone from just a handful of donors to hundreds of donors over the last uh, five years, and it is a major blessing to partner with you here at Bethel. And so I want to encourage you to partner with anything because everyone giving something helps the work light, be light. Online giving gives you um, an opportunity not to have to carry cash around. I'm not a cash guy. I give online. Recurring donations bring consistency to your involvement, and so every single Sunday morning I get a notification that my donation was processed online through Bethel Community Church. I encourage you to do the same thing. A lot of people say, I'd like to bring a check. That's fine. Well, you can take checks and credit cards. You can take it all, but if you'll set up a recurring donation, it would really be helpful um, so that we could know how to budget here at Bethel Community Church. Also, I've encouraged people since I've been here to do the 90-day tithe challenge. Take 90 days. Give God what's his, and after 90 days you don't see God show up in your life, we'll give you all your money back. Because we trust God, we believe in him, and we believe his word when it says if you'll give, he'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. I want to tell you about a couple things we're involved in. 
a couple things that the Bethel Community Church has been involved in the last few months and actually what we're going to be involved in going forward. Um, if you haven't had a chance, um, I encourage you, maybe not today because we have security and our, our safety team will be really upset with me, but throughout the week, if you'll just come by, upstairs right above us, we have a room called The Loft and we're remodeling it. Pastor Ruben is spearheading this project and we're remodeling this whole room upstairs for our students. And it's been an awesome journey. If you, if you go up there, you'll see all the, the work that's been done. And the whole point of the loft is for our students. If you've ever come on a Wednesday night, Wednesday night is when our students gather. Uh, right now they're gathering in the gym. Normally they'd gather upstairs. But there's a group of students, and it's growing every week. And it's been awesome to see. We have, uh, of course, Carter and Emily Bradford. And then there's a, a bu several couples that are giving their time to pour into students. This year, camp, we have 25 students already signed up for youth camp, and we have space for 28. So there's three more spots available to go to camp, and those are all Bethel students. It's an amazing thing that we can send students to camp, and I'm excited about the next generation. I truly believe that these students are what's going to turn the world upside down, and so we're going to pour into them. And so I want to encourage you, if you think about students, please pray, please support, please do what you can do to encourage our young people that are um, moving along. But anyway, the... the the loft upstairs is going to be a space for students, and it's awesome. Go check it out uh, throughout the week. Like I said, if you try to go up there today, they're probably going to, they'll, they'll get on to you, okay? They'll get on to me first because I said to go up there. So go during the week or after services or something and go check it out. You'll be encouraged. Um, another thing that we're involved in is encouraging pastors. God has given me a deep love and a desire to serve and connect with pastors, uh, when I came to UConn, I began to meet pastors in our community, and it's, it's encouraging to know that we're not alone in the mission. We, we believe that Bethel Community Church is one of the Sunday school classes in God's church in UConn, and there's plenty of churches in town, and I'm, I think a lot of people think that, that uh, our church is the only church. Now, I love our church, and I want everyone to be at our church. But the truth is, our church is not the only church that impacts people in our community. We don't have the corner of the market on the gospel. The gospel cannot be contained. The, the gospel is spreading around our community. And there are several churches in our community that are doing an incredible work. And so I've always asked people to, to come. And, and Bethel, I believe, is one of the most powerful places there is. But we want people to come. And if you can't get plugged in here, let's find a place for you to get plugged in. Because I don't believe God has called you to come and just sit. God's called you to get involved in the mission and involved in the, in the ministry, but God has given me this kind of um, passion for pastors and growing a ministry of pastors, and, and Bethel has been involved in expanding and influencing pastors, not only right here, but around the world. Um, this month of April, we have an opportunity to, to have one of our uh, pastors that we're partnering with in East St. Louis. I have his picture up here on the screen I want you to see. He's coming in April, and he's going to be uh, speaking to us and sharing the mission that God has for him in East St. Louis. And it's been awesome to partner with him. He used to be in Oklahoma City. Now he's in East St. Louis starting a church there, uh, relaunching a church there. And his mission is to love and lead the community in a relationship of Jesus and find their purpose. He's an incredible guy. His name is Will and his wife, uh, Davina, and their three girls. Amazing couple. And they're going to be with us next month, and you'll get to know them and encourage them and love on them. Well, then in May, we have Trey Clark uh, being coming with us. This is the next picture. Him and his family. Uh, he serves in North OKC as a family pastor, and he loves, he and his family love people, and they desire to lead people into a deeper and authentic relationship with Jesus, and we'll get to hear from his heart in the month of May. I'm showing you these pictures because a lot of times we get so focused on what we're doing that we forget what God is doing in other places. 
And he is allowing us to not only partner, but also influence pastors around our community, and it's been really, really fun. Uh, missionary partnership, one of the things we do here at Bethel is we partner with uh, several families around the world, and uh, there are missionaries that are using our resources. Right now in Costa Rica, uh, they're preaching through the same series we are in Philippians, and so everything we do here in, in Bethel also gets translated to Costa Rica into Spanish, and we're really, really excited about that. I can truly say that Bethel is a vulnerable and authentic church. We want everyone to be plugged in. We want everyone to feel a part of our church. We don't claim to have all the answers, but we want people to come in and understand that Jesus is the answer. We love one another deeply. We strive for unity. We carry one another's burdens. We focus on what matters. We have fun while doing it. We want our space to be fresh and up-to-date and in functioning and inviting. We had pastors in our building a few weeks ago for the Ministerial Alliance, and, and a lot of them had never been to Bethel, and they walked in and was like, whoa, I didn't know this was over here on the cow pasture, and I was like, I know. I don't even know how people find this place, but we're out here on the corner uh, serving not the cows. We're serving people, and it's amazing because people come in, and they're like, oh, I didn't realize this was here. We want to elevate Jesus, and we want to elevate others, and we believe that our community deserves our involvement. I told someone last week that I want our church to be like oil, that when it spills, it goes into every nook and cranny where it spills, and it's hard to clean up. Even when you clean up the, the, the original thing that spilled it, you're still finding oil everywhere. You ever done that? It's a pain. In our community, I want Bethel to spread through the community just like oil. And every time anybody goes somewhere, they're like, oh, this looks like Bethel. Oh, man, Bethel's involved here. Oh, Bethel's involved over here. That's my desire because we understand that we believe in partnership, we believe in impacting people's lives, and it's not about us, it's all about Jesus. We understand that it's not about us, it's all about others. And so when we understand that, our mission is clear. And so here's what's next at Bethel. There's something that we're working on which is called Next Generation Ministry. <clears throat> There's a lot of things that happen in our church from the nursery all the way to adulthood, but a lot of things are disconnected. And we want people to cross over from ministry to ministry and feel a connection from a baby all the way to the grave. And so every single area of ministry is going to be connected. And so this is Next Generation Ministry. We'll talk more about that as time comes. But uh, just be praying about that because we want our kids to experience Jesus so that they don't run away when they graduate from high school. We want them to be connected to the body in a vital way to our church. We also are um, going to be hiring a worship director that's going to lead our team. Our team is amazing. I mean, we have, a, we have an incredible worship team, and I think you'd be surprised to know that no one's on staff, everyone's volunteer, and we've been, they've been volunteering for years. Our, our team is incredible. And when people come in and ask us, so who do you pay and what do you do? And it's like, nobody. Everybody volunteers. I'm like, what? It's, a, it's amazing that a church our size would have the talent that we have um, that would lead people in worship. And here's the key, is that they worship Jesus before they ever step on stage. And that's what we're trying to share with everyone else. We also want community involvement. There's a Festival of the Child coming up. I'll talk about that here after the end of the service. But we want people to be involved in our community because our community needs to know that we're here. And if we disappear, our community needs to miss us. Mentorship, we want to find someone to pour into. And coaching, find someone that you can pour into or someone to pour into you. My question is here at the end, are you all in? Are you all in? Have you decided that Jesus is worthy of your attention? Is he worthy of your affection? Is he worthy of your service? It's amazing to me that God chose these two men to be included in Scripture for all eternity, and they were simply men that said yes. 
They were simply men that said, I'm in. And today, 2,000 years later, there's still men and women in our churches that are like, okay, I'm in, yes. So we're invited into ministry. What will history say of us? Will our story be a story of being all in? And that's my prayer for you this morning. Let's pray. God, this morning we are in awe that you would be mindful of us, that you would consider us, that you would ask us to be in your ministry. God, I think about all that you're doing at Bethel and, and God, how you're bringing people into a relationship with you, those that are spiritually disconnected to be connected to you and God, those that are far from you that have a, a past that is far from God that you're drawing into a relationship with you and then God, you're putting us on mission and you're giving us a purpose and you're giving us a, the ability to actually reach out and serve and care and love and have each other's backs. God, that day that Jesus came to the earth and, and gave his life for us is a day that truly impacts us. And my question for myself, God, when I ask is, uh, what is history going to say about me? What are my kids and grandkids and neighbors and family going to say about me? Not in a way of pride, but more of in a way of impact. God, I pray that you would draw us to yourself, that you draw us in, that, God, that we would be generous, that we would give to you what's yours, and, God, that we would partner with one another to make a difference in our community. Uh, God, I praise you for this church, and I praise you for what you're doing. It's an amazing thing to partner with people and to partner with one another, to love and lead each other, to find and follow Jesus. God, this morning, as we think about where we're building our lives, we understand that if it's not for Jesus, if it's not on Jesus, nothing will last. And so this morning, God, as we worship you, as we praise you, I pray that we would build our lives on you. You are the firm foundation. God, that you've changed our lives. You've taken what was lost and made us found. You've taken those that are blind and allowed us to see. You've taken the dead and you've given us new life. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. We thank you so much for what you've done and how you've called us into the ministry. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You guys, he, can, he has split seas yeah. so people can walk through. And he, he does it for us every day. He gives us opportunities to live in just his miracles and blessings. Well, and they're not just isolated to Scripture. This is something that he does today. So we see stories like Timothy and Aphroditus right. that he changes a church kid into a servant and a, a pagan into a servant. He takes them all. Right. And so that's what he does with us today. Same thing. I love that passage today because it just rem another reminder, a co-laborer, a, a brother, um, a soldier that we're not supposed to do this alone. No. I, I love the reminder and that we're in this together. And I love the opportunity to listen to a little bit of your vision today. I'm, I get to hear your vision and your passion <laughs> and your ideas all the time. But I think it's good for people to truly see your heart. And one thing I appreciate you about you as a leader is that you're not just like a preacher. You don't just come up here and preach and then you just go. No, you care I know because I see firsthand about every ministry, yeah. and I know you do. I know you care about the nursery and the security team and the kids and the youth and the, the praise and the sound, and you care about each ministry, and I love that, and I appreciate that about you, that you care about every ministry, and I think that's what it takes, and that's what we read about in Philippians is that we're in it together, and yeah. together we can do it. Yeah, awesome. hope you guys have a great week. Enjoy St. Patrick's Day and all the green spring stuff break. and everything. Yeah, spring break if you're a student and if you're an adult, sorry, you just got to go to work, I guess, right? When <laughs> yeah. you grow up, you don't get 
week off of work. So anyway, <laughs> so enjoy your spring break. And another big thing happening this week, make sure you tell your pastor happy birthday. His hey. birthday's this week, so shout out to him on the 19th. So give him a fist pump on the way out. Hugs and, are okay. And hugs, okay, <laughs> I guess. So you guys, we're so glad you're here today. Have a wonderful week. And remember here at Bethel, we exist to love and lead one another to find and follow Jesus. Have a great week. Love you guys. Have a good week.